Hello and welcome to Ballet Class Revolution, the podcast where dance, education, and community come together. I'm Heather, your guide through the ever-evolving landscape of dance. With 27 years of dance experience that has taken me across the world from the stages of Austria, Germany, Israel, Romania, and Hungary, to the vibrant dance community in Charleston, South Carolina, I've not only performed with various companies, but also have shared my passion through teaching for over a decade. As someone who appreciates history deeply, I have a bachelor's in history and a minor in French, and a soon-to-be master's in education with a concentration in curriculum and instruction from the College of Charleston. I bring a unique perspective to the dance world. I understand the importance of looking back to move forward to appreciate our roots while nurturing new growth. This podcast is a reflection of my journey and dedication. It's here to keep you informed about the best practices in dance, foster strong relationships within dance families and communities, and above all, support the thriving of young dancers through parental and studio support. So whether you're a dance enthusiast, a seasoned professional, or a parent navigating the world of dance with your child, this is the place for you. Let's dive into the world of dance together, learning, growing, and connecting one step at a time. Hello, everyone. Welcome to our podcast. Today, we're joined by a truly dynamic and multifaceted talent in the world of acrobatics and dance, Andrew Burnell. Andrew currently leads the tumbling and acrobatics program at Somerville Dance Academy in South Carolina. His journey into the world of movement arts began at the tender age of six with gymnastics and tumbling, paving the way for a rich and diverse career. By his early 20s, Andrew had not only mastered high-level tumbling, but had also delved into the exhilarating world of parkour and free running, reaching elite status and leading a freestyle tumbling group. His passion for movement art led him to audition for various dance and gymnastics groups, and at 23, he took to the stage with the Universe Universe Soul Circus. Yeah, Universe Soul, yeah. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) Embarking on two thrilling tours across the United States. Andrew's journey didn't stop there. He joined a residency program, showcasing his talents and sharing his knowledge on cruise ships and in dance studios and gyms throughout major cities like Atlanta, LA, Miami, and New York. His expertise in acrobatics has not only led him to create award-winning choreography for dance competitions and gymnastics teams, but also to nurture young talent, taking them to national competition levels. Very exciting. As impressive as all that is, Andrew's talents extend beyond the dance studio. He's a father of two beautiful baby girls and married to another talented, beautiful dancer and co-owner to their studio. He's also an accomplished writer, currently working on his first book. His depth of experience and passion for teaching make him an invaluable asset to the dance and acrobatics community. We are excited to have him here today to share his insights, experience, and perhaps even a flip or two. Just kidding. Hey. If you do that on the podcast. <laughs> Welcome, Andrew. So hey, happy to hey have you. you guys. That makes me sound way more excited than I actually am in real life. Listen, it's impressive. It's a lot to read, which is a good thing. I mean, yeah, you've yeah. fully in the dance world. That's exciting. Yeah, man. Wow. I, when I listen back to it, sometimes I'm like, good. Yeah. Wow. I did. <laughs> I like, I remember doing that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty wild, isn't it? Yeah. So I would love it since we kind of had a little bit of a breakdown about your history. If you could just share a little bit more about your journey in dance and acro and specifically how it led you to become a coach in these fields. Oh yeah. No, I mean, for sure. Um, so (laughs) I am always kind of the first to say that coaching it, it was not organic. 
it was not mm -hmm. an organic ride for me. Um, quite honestly, I at one point thought that I was just honestly going to settle as a choreographer. Um, the my specific goal at the time was to do the circus, do the residencies, come back home, go back out on tour, and then hopefully uh, land uh, with Disney. And from Disney, I was hoping to get on with uh, Cirque du Soleil. Right. And then I get in their European edition, kind of make my yeah. way to an acro choreographer. So that was kind of like the original goal that happened. Right. And, you know, life sort of happened. Isn't that I, funny? Yeah. <laughs> I, came, I came back home. I started uh, over the summer. I came back home. I started working at a dance studio. Um, I met my girlfriend, now my wife. Mm -hmm. And she really sort of pushed that, like, you really should be a coach. You really mm -hmm. should do this more. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. stop thinking of yourself as an acrobat and start thinking of yourself as maybe a coach. Because I, I see you as a, a name. You could be a name in this town. And so yeah. that's I was like, you know what? Maybe I could be. So that was really Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah. And you definitely are now, which is yeah, exciting. I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> it is a process. It's, it is really funny how life will kind of do that to you. Because I feel like so many dancers start out with kind of in their mind is a clear idea of where they plan to go. Right. And it, I don't think it always turns out that way. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. Yeah. I so definitely did not anticipate being a teacher. So yeah, at all, at all. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and yeah. then I did it a few times. I was like, oh, I'm, I'm okay at this. I, I think I could do this. And yeah, yeah for sure. So, and you do this in Charleston now. Yeah. Do you have, how, what is the structure of your coaching? How does it work? Uh, well, so I started off doing, you know, the same as any other dance studio person. Um, I started off doing classes, a bunch of classes mm -hmm. here and there. And then uh, <laughs> this, this is going to make it sound so terrible. But honestly, when me and Amanda, uh, that's my wife, when mm -hmm. we first got together, um, that Christmas. Yeah. So we had been together a year. And so that Christmas came around. And like I had all my bills paid, right. but I didn't have any extra money to buy her a gift. And I remember <laughs> sitting there and I was like, hey, I don't have any money to buy you a gift. I don't know what to do. And she was like, why don't you just go ahead and do some privates to make some quick money? And I was like, right. huh. <laughs> because in, in the world of gymnastics, privates aren't seen as a source of income. They're right. sort of seen as play around money. You know what I'm saying? Mm, so yes. you don't do privates in gymnastics to pay your rent. You do privates mm -hmm. so you can go on a date or get right. gas <laughs> or, you know, get a yeah. bite to eat. So right. when she said that, I was like, can I, can I do that? And she was like, why not? And <laughs> that sort of kind of led to me doing privates and I, and I got a lot of money. And then from there, I was doing classes and privates. And mm -hmm. I did that for years. Right. And, uh, then what I did after a few years and, you know, we had already opened up our studio. Um, I ended up opening up a free tumbling class at our studio to mm -hmm. drive more business and things like that. And I want to say for about two years, nobody came. And wow. it was the worst thing ever because yeah. everybody was coming to me after class. They were like, can we get more class time? And I was like, I have a free tumbling class from 12 to 4 every Sunday. Oh my God. Nobody was showing up. And right. I'll never forget it. One night I'm at my, my wife's uh, parents' house and I'm just talking to her sister about it. And 
she's asking me how the studio's going and I'm saying, Hey, the studio's going great, but no, you know, the class isn't picking up. I, I don't, I'm there from 12 to four and literally there's maybe one kid who will show up for like 30 minutes. That's wild. Right. right. And I'll never forget it. Her mom, my wife's mother came in and was like, well, that's because it's free. Yeah. She was like, if you aren't charging, people don't think they're going to get anything of value. So right. charge. And once I charge, that's when people started picking it up. And then of wow. course, COVID came mm. and I was like, well, instead of a class, can I just do a private? And right. so then that's you know, during COVID, I started doing mo mostly privates and it's kind of been like that ever since, you know? Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. Yes. And it's, it's such a blessing to have someone who's willing to spend that time with the student because it is totally different when it's a private lesson Very or it's a coaching session versus a class Yeah, because you're getting that individual attention. It is yeah. worth every dollar. So yeah. I'm glad you're charging. Hey. <laughs> you deserve <laughs> it. You. I'm glad too, especially with the yeah. kids. Absolutely. You have to be able to feed the little ones. Very important. So um, there's a couple of things that we we're going to tap on today. We were going to talk yeah. about health, fitness, mindset. Absolutely. Yeah. So now that we know who you are and how amazing you are, I would love it if you could start to jump into giving us your core philosophy when it comes to training dancers and acrobats, especially considering they have such unique physical demands in that. Right, field. right, right, right. Um, I mean, I guess it, it, it's funny be, because my my whole philosophy can honestly be summed up in one word. Uh, I use it on Facebook all the time, but mm -hmm. grind, right? And and mm -hmm. what I mean specifically by that is like increase your efforts. Don't change right. your goal. Don't change your focus. Increase your efforts. Just grind it out. Mm -hmm. um, what I have kind of discovered in my life is that a lot of people say that they want whatever, but then yes. they're not willing to, oh, there, there's my kid right there. <laughs> um, a lot of people say that they want whatever, but mm -hmm. then they're not willing to actually do the work in order to get right. to the goal, you know? Right. And so, yeah, that's, that's my philosophy. Just, just grind it out. See, yeah. set, your goal, set your focus and then do whatever you have to do in order to, to make it happen. I love it. That's like, a that's a perfect way, I think, to represent it in one word. Right. Because we talk about this often. I definitely talk about it with all of the content that I come out with. Like right. there's always some mention of growth mindset right. and how important it is to know that the work that you're willing to put in will get you the results that you're wanting, but you have to put in the work to get the results. Right. right? And dancers, I just love it because we have multiple opportunities to learn that that's mm -hmm. the case that, you know, you may not be a great dancer at one point, but it doesn't mean you can't. Boom. If you're willing to work for it. Yeah. Right. So then it, it falls on the dancer, that level of accountability. Yeah. You know, are they willing to work to get to that level that they want to be at? So yeah. are you I really love that. that yeah. Yes. And I think that that is kind of like becoming my theme for dance. <laughs> so <laughs> I love it. I'm going to borrow that word every once in a while. Yeah. Please do. Please do. Hashtag <laughs> grind. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. So um, let's see. From your perspective. How okay. crucial is a strong focus on health and fitness for dancers at different stages of their careers, especially knowing that this is our philosophy of grind? Like right. how much of that grind is going to be put on health and fitness for dancers specifically? Right. I mean, the reality of the situation is if you want any sort of longevity in this field, you have to focus, super focus on your health, your fitness, your nutrition, your right. mindset. Um, right. I went through a period 
uh, even me, myself, I went through a period a few years back where I was down, I was depressed, I wasn't mm -hmm. producing the way that I should. And it really came back to how I was training, how I was eating, how I was thinking, how I was maneuvering through life. Um, you know, and me, I'm older now, I'm 36. But I mean, just the pressures of being, you know, 15, 16, 17, mm -hmm. 18, so on and so forth. If you're not, you know, taking care of the of the core, everything right. else is going to break down, you know, yeah. especially, I mean, at one point we're doing rehearsals at, you know, nine in the morning till three or nine at night till three, four in the morning. And that's after teaching Absolutely. all day, performing at night, you know what I'm saying? And then you're in a, you're in rehearsals till yeah. the hours of the morning. You have to make sure your nutrition is on point. Right. You have to make sure your mindset is good. And honestly, what I see mm -hmm. in the world nowadays is I see less of a focus on mindset, less of a focus on nutrition, and more focus on just feel good, just be exactly. happy. And it's like yes. there are things necessary in order to achieve those goals. Yes, absolutely. And that's so interesting, such an interesting conversation because. Yeah. I mean, I had a training I was doing with some teachers today at a studio and I was trying to help them hone in on their ballet skills. And this was actually right. a huge part of what they were telling me that mm -hmm. they're seeing and struggling with right, right, is right. that the students that are coming to them are in some ways they're being told by their parents, you know, that they're amazing dancers, yep. that they're going to win all the things. They're going to get all the parts. Right. And so when these dancers don't experience that, they get upset with the director and with mm -hmm. the teachers, even though it really was, you know, not a fair thing to tell the child right. from the parent's perspective. They probably should have found a different way of encouraging and supporting their child. You know, it's. Right. More of that thought, which I'd be curious to know how you communicate with your families that they need to be encouraging their children, but in a way where it's challenging them instead right. of helping them to stay complacent. Well, so, I mean, I think that's just an interesting conversation in general, and I can approach it from the, you know, the, the person who used to be an acrobat who used to just do, you know, little, you know, fly by night clinics and you know, mm -hmm. oh, I'm coming here to do a camp or something like that. And then I got to go back on the road. I can talk about it as a teacher and I can talk about it as an as an owner. The reality right. of the situation is our world looks, how do I say this? How do I say this in like a diplomatic way? Our world looks easy to get into and easy to understand. Mm -hmm. And then when you get into it, the intricacies involved in all of it, you know, from competitions to health and fitness, to mindset, to right. what a real audition actually looks like, to booking yeah. first shows, so on and so forth. The right. intricacies involved with that, I mean, they're, it's a lot. And so what happens yeah. is I think a lot of times with parents, they just don't know. They just don't right. understand. And with a lot of us, we're not good at communicating well, you know, this we communicate with our bodies. Right. You know what <laughs> That's what we like, do. Yes. Yeah. You know what? You know we're not good at communicating. That, hey. You know. So. Yes. Yeah. I. It, it. It's hard, but I think one of the main things that I try to focus on with all of my parents, all of my families, is I try to let them know. Like, I try to break down what you need to know when you need to know it. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Don't expect your kid to be an amazing acrobat overnight. It takes three mm -hmm. to five hours per week in order for your kid to grow in the tumbling fields, right? Um, yeah. Don't, ex you know, 
<laughs> if your kid is doing a school audition, that's not a real audition. <laughs> you right, know what I'm saying? Like, right. That's just not. No, uh, yeah. Now, some parents get it and they receive it. Unfortunately, some don't. But it's one of the things I prefer to just be totally honest with my parents and totally honest yes. with my, my yeah. students, you know? And sometimes yeah, that, is... you know, doesn't work out. But... Right. It is so important to communicate that is the best we can do. And right. then to hope that, you know, they're following along. I think that's really insightful what you were saying that, you know, sometimes there's a little bit of a struggle with communicating these things with our families um, that, you know, come to the studio, but how important it is. Um, Definitely that element where, you know, the parents, just like you said, they really don't understand like all the nuances and just how big, like it's a small world. The dance world's small, right? Right. But it's also not. Right. <laughs> it's, it's like they're it's like an eat, sleep, breathe thing. So I right. mean, when someone's in it, usually they're just consumed by it. And if if they are, you know, the quality of their work is going to go up exponentially. Right. And then you have those that see it more recreationally. So it's not gonna be the same kind of growth. And that's okay. I think that it's right. important for the families to kind of talk to their dancers about that and right. for instead not of everybody is meant to be a professional and that's a, yeah and that's totally yeah. fine yeah. and it's it's a something that i think that this is kind of like what weighs heavy on my heart in everything that i teach right because mm-hmm. i teach high school as well and kind of what i see with the kids they're so hyper focused on the grade that right. they're not understanding the point of it is the learning right Exactly. It's that, it's that process because right. that's what you take with you. The grade mm-hmm. and, you know, I don't remember what my high school history grades were, <laughs> but I remember what I learned. Right. And that's, that's what's so important. It's getting those skills and getting the passion for learning the love for it. And if parents can help support kids in that, and if we can communicate that to them, I think that that makes such a huge difference for their outlook and mm-hmm. just for the, the ability to like work together as a team. To get the I mean, I, for sure. I, I think one of the, the hardest things, though, about people like us who are living our passion, as it right. were, is that it's very hard to convey to someone who hates their job, hates their spouse, <laughs> has more kids than they can afford. Yes. Uh, you know, that they don't really like their life or their physical body. As it right. Is. It's very hard to convey to them you know, you could just kind of like do what you love and be happy, right? Yeah. That's a hard sell for the vast majority of people. And, you know, even me, sometimes I, I kind of get, when I'm talking to people and I'm like, yeah, you could do this. You could do this. Yeah. They're like, no, Andrew, you're the only person who can do that. And I'm like, no, <laughs> it's for everybody. Like, <laughs> I love it. You know, but I, I think that's just a really hard sell. So when you're telling somebody your kid could live their life yeah. being an amazing dancer, your kid right. could be on stage or your kid could teach a bunch of rep classes, you know? Right, right. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I sure. think that's just a hard sell for a lot of people to just understand. Yes, I totally agree. And it's it's pretty sad because we are the only ones limiting ourselves, truly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I think that that's the great thing about dance. We learned that pretty early on. <laughs> you get that in spades at first. Yes, absolutely. So... How exactly, I'd be curious to know, do you tailor fitness and training regimens for dancers that have varying skill levels and physical capabilities? Oh, okay. Uh, Honestly, 
case by case, right? Okay, um, yeah. I, I treat the athlete, I treat the individual, you know? So whatever a person is coming to me with, that's what I work with, you know what I'm saying? Yes. Um, you know, and I tell them, listen, this might be a, a, a taller a, a taller glass for you, you know what I'm saying? Right. A taller amount for you to scale, but we can do it. We just have to figure it out, you know what I'm saying? Yes. The way I would teach somebody who is coming to me naturally talented, naturally fit, you know, mm -hmm. it's going to be a whole lot different from the person who struggles with their weight, who struggles right. with their mindset, who struggles with their, their, their food habits. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Um, yes. But I will say for the average person, what I normally focus on is I focus on, uh, on habits, right? Okay. Building those good habits from the way we talk to ourselves to the way that we eat, to the way that we spend our free time. Because if you can master your habits, generally speaking, I feel you can master your life. I love it. I love it. Yes. That's, it's so true though. Yeah. It's so true. That was when I started seeing the changes in my life as a dancer is I realized that it's like just taking a couple things and changing right. them, improving them over time. Yeah. Made it where I could be a professional dancer, something I never would have expected right. in my younger years. So it is awesome. I love that. Um, what are your key strategies for balancing rigorous training while ensuring dancer safety and injury prevention? So like you talked about these really long rehearsal schedules and, you know, if the kids end up being professional, how intense it becomes, like right, how right. would you teach them in their youth how they manage this, right? Safety, injury prevention, making right, smart right, choices. Right. Uh, first things first, listen to your body, right? Listen, if something's hurt, don't force it. You know, right. yeah. um, I say that, but then there also has to be the understanding that if you're on, the, gonna road, hurt. You're on the road, if you're <laughs> on the floor, sometimes yeah. you might got to grin and bear it, right? Yeah. But you have to be trained right. in order to be able to do that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, when I was in the circus, I was doing uh, three, six ones. So I was doing uh, three shows a day, six days a week, one day off. Okay. And my one day off was spent cleaning, uh, uh, shoveling elephant poop, doing dishes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it wasn't even a day off. It was like a full twelve hour work day on my, my day off. And I mean, it was a it was a heinous schedule. It was a heinous schedule, only to get out. And then I'm working at four and five dance studios. Yeah. Uh, between Charleston, Beaufort, uh, Columbia. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we're working 35, 40 hours, you know, yeah. different classes, then it takes a lot out of you. It takes yeah. a lot out of you. So listen to your body, rest when you can, make sure you yeah. get your fruits, your veggies, your lean meats. Yes. Um, and make sure you're staying focused on the end goal. And I okay. think that's where a lot of people kind of lose it. They, they, they lose sight of the end goal. Right. Yeah. Just so much in the moment that they're putting themselves in at risk. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. The life is already hard. Don't make it any harder on yourself by yeah. neglecting your nutrition or neglecting your mindset or neglecting your sleep. Yeah, it is so hard because I feel like dancers, um, I don't know, I was talking to a parent the other day and mm -hmm. we were talking about point shoes and um, they had made a comment about how, you know, they, they wanted their dancer to be in a position that she could speak up and say she couldn't wear her shoes because her feet hurt. And I was like, well, hold on now. <laughs> 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 her feet are going to hurt. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> that is kind of a part of it. Yeah. And it is so hard to find it. But usually the rule that I go by is if it's excruciating pain, then that means you've done something that right, you need to right, stop. Right. <laughs> right. It, if it it's hurts, that's that you, normal. <laughs> it's funny that you brought that up, right? Because literally a month ago, yes. um, one of my classes, uh, my, my mini teen classes, so they're all between the ages of eight and 11. And it was like a three week period where literally at the end of every class, everybody's hurt. Everybody yeah. now, right after my actual class, they were going to ballet mm -hmm. and literally the ballet teacher is like, why are they hurt? Why are they going home? Why is this happening? And honestly, I finally had to sit down with the kids and I had to be like, guys, listen, if you get hurt and tumbling, chances yeah. are you're not going to be able to go to another class or even go, come back the next week. Like it, it's either I'm a little bit of pain or yes, that's just how exactly, works. exactly guys. I need you guys to start being a little more cognizant, cognitive of mm -hmm. how you, are you really hurt or are right. you just a little uncomfortable? Exactly. And getting people to kind of understand that. And I, we had that conversation and I was like, now be honest, how many of you are just saying you, are hurt so you don't have to go to ballet and like every hand raised and I was like stop doing that <laughs> making you look bad <laughs> right? but after oh we had gosh. that talk it was all good but managing expectations is one of the biggest things between acrobats dancers like yeah listen you're not going to get here if you're getting stuck around here you know what I'm yes saying? growth is uncomfortable it is right. painful and if you want to improve if you want to grow as a dancer then you have to go through that Exactly right. Exactly. And it never ends. Never, <laughs> I mean, like, even at the height of my dancing, I still was frequently aching. <laughs> oh, so. yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it's funny because me, I'm, I'm, you know, a coach, a full time coach now, um, a full time dad. And mm -hmm. I mean, I got a weight room in my in my uh, garage that I use every day. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Because if I didn't, I'd be in a lot of pain. All yes. Time, you know? Yes. Yeah. And maintenance is a huge part of it. So how do you encourage your dancers and the acrobatic kids that you coach? How do you encourage them to keep that up even like during the holidays and stuff like that? Well, so at our specific studio, we actually have a mandatory muscle magic day. Okay. Uh, it's Saturday morning. They have to be there at 745 in the morning till about mm -hmm. nine o'clock. Mm -hmm. And we actually like you have to come to this class unless yeah. you're sick or whatever in right. order to work out. Um, uh, muscle magic. We also do athlete of the month. So every four Saturdays, they mm -hmm. all do this big, like three, four mile run, wow. push up, sit ups, all that good stuff. Um, mm -hmm. and they win like a trophy. You get athlete of the month, blah, blah. Oh. You win it so many times you'll get gift cards and whatever. Um, so I, I think one of the things, uh, that, that why we do it is because you have to realize that um, hurting yourself for a goal does not come easy. Yeah. Exercising, working out, that's not something that you naturally want to do. You know what I'm right. saying? And so the purpose of doing these muscle magics and stuff like that is because I know that if I were to tell them, hey, during the holiday, please do 200 push-ups at yes. some Yes, right. No, you get like it. the one But if I say, hey, we got, you know... <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, I got the one dancer who would do it. But if I know if I say, hey, you know, when you come back, we got uh, after the month, then mm -hmm. it'll, you know, you have to kind of prep people to be their yes. best selves. Right Absolutely. now, they're, yeah, they're, they're kids, you know. Exactly. And that's um, 
that's so hard to balance too, because, you know, it can be difficult, like when you're teaching kids and they're not, obviously they're not at that maturity level and they will be eventually, they'll get there, but you have to get there. Right. We got to get there. (laughs) And it's every year you have a new group of kids coming in that you got (laughs) to. God, I hate it. It's like start over every year. It's pretty wild because there's some part of your brain that's like, oh, it'll get better. It'll get better. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. like, oh, wait, <laughs> we have right. to start over, just like you right. said. Or like the kids that come in from other studios and maybe they don't hold them to that higher standard or have mm-hmm. those expectations for them, which I think is very typical of studios. Ooh. I think it's more unusual for them to really challenge and push the kids to be uncomfortable and to grow and, you know, to make sure that they're staying consistent with their training and getting that personalized individual attention. So. It definitely, it's a lot, but your dancers are lucky to have you. Um, so for nutrition, cause you mentioned like veggies, fruits, lean yeah. meats, what kind of diet would you subscribe to if you were trying to help one of your dancers that maybe has poor eating habits or has weight issues? How would you kind of encourage them to, you know, pick up some healthier foods? Uh, how would I encourage them? Uh, quite honestly, me, I'm a pretty like blunt, like to the point person, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, are you tired? Sleep more. Uh, yes. you know, are you finding yourself bloated? Eat more fruit. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, but even, you know, cause I'm also a personal trainer, right? So I do the same thing with the dancers that I would do with my clients. Right. right. I say, Hey, this is what you look like. This is what yeah. you have. Right. This is what you want. In order yes. for you to get from here to here, this is what you have to eat. This is how you have to sleep. This is how you have to, you know, work. Yeah. You know what I'm right. saying? If you're not willing to do that, you're probably not going to get here. Yes. Some people do it and then some people don't. But right. I noticed with a lot of my dancers, it usually takes them a few months and then they'll mm-hmm. start seeing kids who were running at the back of the line now suddenly being at the front. Yes. They'll see girls who were getting high silver suddenly placing diamond. And they're like, right. wait, time out. Maybe there's something to this thing. You know? Yeah, yeah. So it, it takes a while, but right. that's usually how I how I handle it. It's just, it's such a hard conversation to have with kids, especially we just talked about how, you know, they're not quite at that maturity level that, you know, you kind of would hope that they would be at. Um, sometimes they have to get there. And whenever you're talking about things like nutrition or health or weight, sometimes they can take it so personally, like it's a problem with them. Mm-hmm. When they don't understand, it's just, it's like basic logic, right? It's like science, right. it's math. You just put right. the numbers in, you plug it in, yeah. you make the choices. Nobody's ever right. going to be perfect. Nobody's right. expecting that. Two but plus you two just... is four. No matter how yeah. you feel about that, two plus yeah. two will always be four. Exactly. Like and crap, s- you're going to feel like crap. That's just- yes. So it's just doing that basic math and making sure that you're being consistent and not taking it personally. And I really... I think that that's so hard for parents because, Mm. you know, they also can be very defensive about their children. And part of that is because, you know, they're ultimately responsible for not completely, but for the most part, for the way that their children eat. Right. Oh yeah. So, yeah. So that's something that I feel like it can definitely be, um, it should be more of like a collaborative thing. I feel like, but I don't know. It should be. Yes. But like I mentioned before, I think that's, I think that's a really hard sell because yeah. we do, you mentioned something earlier about like if somebody were to come from another studio and that studio mm-hmm. isn't holding them to the standards that you know perhaps mine would hold, hold it to, right? And and I wanted to comment on that, and that's going to pull me right back yeah. here. So 
I don't know how it is in Buford, but I know in Charleston, we have a rash of dance studios that are run by former rec kids. Now, yeah. that's not a yeah. problem. That's not a problem. But the problem with that is if you're if you're a rec dancer and you want to open up a studio and teach other rec dancers, be my guest. Yes. But the problem is you got rec studios who are t offering their services for competitive dancers. Yes. And so what happens is you get kids who are coming to us going, I came from this studio and this is what they told me I had to do in order to be a competitive dancer and 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 I'm great and you're like but you're you're not and yes. the reason you're not is because that person had no idea what they were doing no exactly. lie I remember there was a studio none of the teachers had ever been you know in, in the industry all yeah. of the teachers were were wrecked or whatever and once again that's not a problem but they literally hosted a get ready to audition camp where we teach you the industry secrets secrets for how to how to blast through your audition. How would you know? You know what I'm saying? Yes. So <laughs> when you have that, and we talk about the collaborative effort of the parents and, and stuff like that, it's hard for parents to know who's for real. Yes. Blowing smoke and who plum just is just trying to make a quick buck. And especially in Charleston, it's a whole lot of us wading through, you know, the brown yes. river, as it were. To, right. to to help these dancers actually achieve and unfortunately we you know sometimes man it, it's it's hard to to do it it is hard because yeah they want the quick results and they don't understand if you want that longevity in this sport nothing about it is going to be quick yes nothing but oh that's what these other studios that's what they feed these dancers you know and yes it is the only one who ends up suffering so the collaborative right. effort can only happen once the parents actually learn how to actually vet a, a dance yes. studio, vet your teachers you know i literally was gonna post on facebook the other day um because we uh we we recently well like two years ago we lost one of our kids and i was mm -hmm. talking to the father and he was like well the only reason that I pulled my daughter from the program at your studio was because at the new studio I have her at the, the ballet instructor, she, um, she's taught or she, she uh, took class with this person and this person. And she took class with Misty Copeland and she did this and da, 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 da. And he started writing them all these names. And I was like, brother, man, that all that means that she went to convention. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> that all that means is she went that she had a beautiful day. <laughs> she had a nice day yes. for a three day convention. She went to jump she got an autograph one yes. time. This <laughs> this woman did not do all that. She just went to convention. You know? Uh, but yeah. these parents, they don't understand. They don't like I said that. I said convention and you busted out, oh my God, yeah. yeah. Were, but you're you're a former professional dancer. Right. You know me, yeah. former professional acrobat. My wife, former ballet, you know, former, former yeah. ballerina. We get that. But to the average yes. parent working a nine to five, how do you explain to them? They're not lying, but it's not what you think. You know what I'm exactly. saying? Exactly. The way they're framing it is not completely honest. Exactly. And, and that's the part for me that I think just absolutely devastates me is that it is just like you said, it's at the cost of the students, of the children. 
Exactly. And the parents who are paying all this money for someone who's completely unqualified to Boom. teach what they're claiming they should be able to teach. And yeah. I do see a lot of that locally. Um, there are some lovely teachers here and they can be lovely people, but it's important that it's not the central part of why you would choose that studio, right. but instead that you would choose it because you know that they're going to do what they're telling you they're going to do. Yeah. <laughs> And, you know, not injure your child in the process. Right, right. But unfortunately, so a lot of studios are, uh, they, they are chasing that almighty dollar. And because yes. in, in Charleston, we don't have a really good checks and balancing system, yeah. um, then unfortunately, a lot of these studios get away with, with things like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I oftentimes say, you know, if, if Charleston was an industry town like a Miami or an Atlanta, uh, in LA, eventually it would weed out. But because right. we have such a small town, because yeah. you know this isn't an industry town, it's it's sometimes very hard to convey that message without sounding yes. like a hater. You know? Yeah, so. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's so true, and it's um, it's it's just interesting that it's become such a big issue. Like you wouldn't have expected it, but I do honestly think that a big part of that has to do with the fact that we've had less specialized studios and training. So very few people have had the experience that I've had where it's almost exclusively ballet. So right. I'm not going to go in and say I can teach an acro class. I'm not going to go in and try to teach a hip hop class. Lord right. knows nobody wants to see me try that. <laughs> but I know ballet very well. So when right, I'm talking right. to someone about ballet, I am very confident right. in what I'm right. saying. And like just today we had this teacher training and one of the teachers at the start of it, cause I, you know, we did a little reflection and I asked kind of right. you know what they are feeling and what they're wanting from this training. And she was saying that she had a great experience with her ballet teacher. So she's not too worried. By the time we got to the end of the training, she's like, I'm starting to rethink the ballet training that I've had, <laughs> whether or not it was good. I was right. like, this is the problem. Cause if even the teachers don't know, where are we? Like, well, what is that? What is, where does that leave us? If they yeah. don't even know that they're not really qualified to be teaching it. Such a big deal. So yeah, crazy. But th I think that all comes back to, it's it's hard to hold yourself accountable, right? right. And it's actually a talk I had with uh, my or some of my acrobats today. Um, I said, uh, uh, it was at Muscle Magic this morning. I said, you do you know why accountability is so hard? Because accountability is you looking at you, telling you yeah. that you suck. Yes. That's why accountability that You made a bad like, choice. You yeah. made that bad choice that made exactly. this bad thing happen. And that's yes. all. It's easy to look at somebody else and go, you're dumb. But it's a yeah. lot harder to tell yourself, oh, I did that and I deserve all these bad things that are happening. Right. And so you mentioned that with, you know, what are, where are we at when even teachers aren't qualified and they don't know that they're not qualified. Yeah. Well, that's because they spent a lifetime telling themselves, oh, it's all about feeling great. It's all about exactly. feeling wonderful. Um, one of my friends yeah. did a video on Instagram the other day, and I sent it right to my wife, but it was a very overweight ballerina. Mm -hmm. And she was trying to do point. And yeah. it was, don't tell anybody that size is a hindrance. Don't Tell, let anybody tell you that you can't, blah, 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 blah. And both me and my wife were like, no, darling, we're not telling you that because of that. We're telling you that because it is dangerous standing your toes at the weight that you are at. Yes. We're telling yes. you that because 
you're going to be lifted on stage and someone yeah. needs to be able to lift. There's a reason ballerinas are built the way you're built. Yes, exactly. It's for practical purposes. Exactly. But again, if we live in a world where we're spoon feeding people things, right. they may not get to the practicality of yeah. why you have to be at a certain weight. You know exactly. So, yes, yeah. yes, just absolutely. And that's where it goes back to that thought too, because it's, and even when I was a younger dancer, I, I struggled with body image issues. And I think that's a huge part of it just because you can find once you get more into those nuances that we were talking about, mm-hmm. your, your perception can become a little bit warped, right? <laughs> so the more extreme you get in something, it may get a little funky. Right. Um, so I definitely had some body image issues. And, you know, like I worked with a director in Israel when I auditioned at that company, I was 112 pounds. I'm five foot six and three quarters. So almost five, seven, 112 mm-hmm. pounds. I did a couple of Asia pays for her. She's like, okay, you have the job, but you need to lose 10 kilos. I'm like, <laughs> okay, sure. <laughs> like, Damn. how am I going to lose that? I'm going to have a leg amputated. Then we'll be great. <laughs> But I mean, that was a very healthy weight for me as a dancer at that time. Like I was definitely slim and I was strong. You know, I worked very hard in the company in Salzburg that I was with before that. Mm. So um, she just, she was very old school. She had a lot of like the Russian tendencies and perception towards weight. So everybody knew she was a little bit crazy, but it's still hard to hear. And, you know, dancers, I think they do need, it's such a balance because like they do need to be able to understand that our bodies are a tool. You yes. need to know what's actually healthy and what's not. If I had right. been 90 pounds, I would have been dead. Like I literally would not be able to sustain life right. at that weight. I just right. physically could not. So, right. and I knew that, you know, I was smart enough going in that I knew that eating disorders were not an option, which was the only way that I would have gotten down to that tiny weight. Right, right. Um, but I also, you know, it still was hard to hear. So it's like, I think it's important that you know, the studios are honest with their dancers about Mm -hmm. like where you need to be, but in a way where they understand, again, it's just like logically, just like you said, just, it has to make sense for what it is you're expecting. And it has to be what will make it most comfortable for you and the safest for you, Right. which means not having an unhealthy small weight, but definitely one that you can dance well with. Yes. I I think, and I want to say when me and you first met for the first Mm -hmm. time, because uh, I was still performing at that time. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah I was still performing. Um, yes, I think we met at a performance, I believe. <laughs> yeah, we met at a, we met at a <laughs> And uh, that was the perfect weight for me. At that moment, I was exactly 200. So for yeah. me, the perfect power, strength, right. um, air presence that I would ever get yeah. is between 195 and 200. You know what I'm right. saying? Anything yeah. more, and I'm just... I'm too heavy. Yeah. Anything less, yeah. I'm light, you know? And so right, right. it's about listening to your body, understanding yes. your body, and knowing exactly right. wh- how you do that. You know what I'm saying? Right. And, and I love we're getting this from a male perspective. There's a dancer that I follow, this beautiful dancer that's at um, London, like mm-hmm. the Royal Ballet in London. Right. He is a fantastic dancer, really powerful, um, always been beautiful. But he had an injury not too long ago that put him out. And Mm -hmm. he was basically told he needed to start doing more fitness, but he was saying like, he had some very vulnerable social media posts where he was talking about how, you know, he'd been told he needed to stay slimmer as a dancer, that being too muscular was a problem. So he just basically avoided, you know, building like the more standard muscles that men not in dance try to build up, but like he's bulked up quite a bit. 
nothing that like, uh, you know, prevents him from being mobile, but definitely enough that he's feeling stronger Mm -hmm. and he's feeling like he's more in control over injury prevention. right? Right. So just, it's not just doing ballet, like for the ballet dancers, it's very important that they have like varied things that they introduce into their fitness schedule and routines to make sure that they stay safe. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I'm going to keep coming back to that word, man, longevity. If you yes. want to get the most out of your tool, if you want to get yes. the most out of your out of your career, if you want to get the most just out of life in general, you have to listen to your body. You have to, you know, build a certain amount of, of a strong frame, of a strong core. You have mm-hmm. to understand how you're eating, how you're drinking, how you're sleeping, because it really does affect every part of your life. And, uh, and we yes. What I've noticed is that we don't take enough time to talk about the unhealthy side effects of the extremes, you know? Yes. Um, yes. As a matter of fact, I just spoke to a parent not too long ago. We were talking about Simone Biles, right? Everybody knows her, mm-hmm. Simone Biles. But I said, so here's what you have to understand. I said, Simone Biles is a, she's a dynamo. She's amazing. Simone Biles. Yes. But I said, look at her body. Simone yeah. Biles is 26, 27. Right. I mm-hmm. said, if you look at her body, she is not built how a woman should be built. Now, right. don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying she is not a fantastic gymnast. I'm yes. saying she's not a good woman. And right. here's what I mean by that. At a certain age, your body is supposed to do certain things, right? Yes. The hormones need to be able to function properly. Yes. Her body does not have the necessary fat deposits in right. order for her to have a normal flow, in order for her right. to you know, operate at a normal level. She's very powerful. She's very strong. She can run for days, all that good stuff. But she is kind of in the extreme category where now her body isn't operating at the level that it should. Now, is that okay? Because she's trying to hit the Olympics? Sure. Yeah, yeah, do that. But my question is, how's that going to look when it's time for her to have a baby? Absolutely. I actually had a student who she had not had any kind of education on like eating disorders, right? So she didn't know when to recognize that she had started one, mm-hmm. an eating disorder. And she was at college at this point, but she basically told me that she was eating like a couple hundred calories a day mm. and working out and taking dance classes all day, every day. And she was told that she won't be able to have children, like yeah. that the odds that she'll be able to, because of how badly it messed up her body. Yeah. And, you know, I was lucky because I got that conversation when I was a teenager. Like they told me that hair would start growing in weird places that it's not <laughs> supposed to, and it would fall off my head. My yeah. arms would like be super furry. <laughs> and they told me that, um, you know, obviously my heart would eventually stop beating after my muscles had been completely depleted. One of the biggest things I got from this was I couldn't even temporarily do it because if I did, it would negatively impact my metabolism. So I would like forever have issues with trying to regulate it. And then also just like the puking is still awful because you're destroying your Your throat, the acids. Yeah. The esophagus and then your your teeth. teeth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm just like, listen, I'm too bang for that. I can't do all that. Listen, listen, I I like this. You know what I'm saying? But but that's one of the things that we have to talk about. And we have to look at people who are on the other side. I mean, Dominique Dawes, I think, is one of the most amazing examples of this. Mm. One of the best gymnasts in the early 90s. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Scored a perfect 10 on the floor at the Kawasaki Classics and all these amazing things. But then when she wanted to have children, she had what, three or four miscarriages. Her yeah. body simply could not sustain life. Right. The things that should have been going on at a certain time weren't. 
and mm -hmm. and that's one of the things we I, I really try to get across to my dancers my acrobats is your body is supposed to your body works in in a system of checks and balances yes and if you're yeah. overboard in one way or overboard in another extremes are bad either way you go you know exactly so, mindset yes. like i said yeah. yep which leads me into my next question mindset and motivation awesome. how do you approach mindset training with your students and what advice would you give dancers for staying motivated mentally strong? Because we know that they get so emotionally invested and they have been told, I mean, I'm in education, like a lot of it's accommodating, trying right. to make the kids feel like they can relate to what we're teaching or like they can mm -hmm. achieve it. They can reach it by helping them get there, which yeah. there is some part of teaching that that's supposed to be. But if we're doing the work for them, then they don't realize they can do it themselves. That's right. Problem, Learn right? helplessness. Yes, exactly. So how do we how do we approach that in dance? How do we recover them from this? <laughs> yeah. uh, so one of the main things that I tell people all the time, um, mostly my clients, mostly my clients for, for personal training, um, is I say, you got to forget about motivation. Mm. You have to forget about motivation because mm -hmm. you're not going to always be motivated. You know what I'm saying? Um, this is why it's so important for you to be disciplined. Um, yes. and discipline is one of those things where, you must set your goal and then no matter what, you will do your goal. Um, like I tell people yeah. all the time, look at my life. I don't wake up every day wanting to be a good dad. Right. <laughs> you know, I don't. You know what I'm saying? Like, my kids yes. are bad. Like, <laughs> you know, like, I don't, uh, I don't wake up every day wanting to do that. Yeah. But the goal is to raise good, responsible humans, right? Yes. I want to put good humans on this planet. If right. I want to do that, I got to be a good dad today. Yeah. If I want in 30 years for my daughters to be amazing rock stars who are having their own families and, and being amazing and taking our family and our family business even further. Well, if I want that in 30 years, I got to be a good dad today. Right. So right. that's exactly how I approach dancers, my acrobats. Whatever goal you want, you got to forget about the motivation because your motivation will leave you and it will leave you at the most inopportune times. It's not about being motivated. It is about being disciplined. You know? I love that. Yeah. yeah. I listened to Mel Robbins talk about that too. And mm -hmm. she basically was like, the second that you leave it up to motivation, you've lost. Well, every time. <laughs> She's like, my motivation changes every day. I'm like, yeah. oh, I'm not the yeah. only one. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's funny because like I go and I work out and uh, my wife, <laughs> she always goes, you know, because she, you know, my wife is in her mom era right now, you know, yes. in her you know, she's no longer performing. She just yes. wants to take care of the babies and all that. Right. But every time I'm like, baby, I got to I gotta get in the gym today. I got to work out. She'll always be like, what are you training for? <laughs> <laughs> for these kids, man. <laughs> and, and, you know, like I got to like have to tell her it's it's not it's not about that. I'm training for something. It's that yeah. a long time ago, I looked at myself in the mirror and Andrew made a decision. And that decision mm -hmm. was this, this tool, this body, this frame that I have, it must look a certain way. It right. must operate a certain way. And mm -hmm. lastly, it must last for a certain length of time. So because right. of those decisions that I made, I got to go into the gym at least 30 minutes a day. You know? I love that. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. Yeah. I, I love that. Decision. Yeah. Very inspiring. <laughs> I'm out trying. I'm trying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I promise you most of this ain't a lie. <laughs> right. So talking about that, where does like the mentally strong aspect come in for, especially these kids? Like we talked yeah. about, you know, maturity is not quite there. 
they're going to have good and bad days, just like we all do. Yeah. How would you want to encourage them to be mentally strong, even if it's a message for the parents? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How would I encourage uh, a kid to be mentally strong? Ugh. First things first, <laughs> honesty, man, honesty. Mm-hmm. You you have to, you know, I, you know, meet people where they are for sure. But yeah. you also have to get these kids to realize, guys, y'all live in a really soft world. Yes. Like you, if you live in America, boom, you already hit the jackpot. Your life really ain't as bad as you think it is. It's just yeah. not. I know you want right. it to be, but right. it's just fun- fundamentally it can't yes. be. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So I think one of the key things that I do with a lot of my acrobats is I try to get them to see reality right Mm -hmm. um perfect perfect example uh two weeks ago two three weeks ago uh one of my privates one of my 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 favorite privates um Mm -hmm. she came in with her dad and he was like oh she's really upset right now it was like it was no it was thanksgiving holiday right right so it was like two days before thanksgiving she came in for a private and the dad goes yeah she's really upset and i go well why are you really upset with and she goes he won't let me have a sleepover He hates me. I'm upset. And I was like, okay. So your father, who I was like, this is your work day, right? He goes, yep, it's my work day. I said, so on the day uh, that he has to work, he is taking time out of his work schedule to bring you to a private. He is taking time out of his schedule to pay for a private. He is Mm -hmm. taking time out of the day that he has to work in order to sit through a private with you. Does that sound like somebody who hates you? And she goes, well, no. And I go, okay, cool. But so we, we're there. We understand that Problem dad hates you. Yes. Do you understand that right now in the world, there are kids who are running from bombs? Do you understand yeah. that there are kids right now who are being killed just because of the side of the river they're on? You know, right. do, you, do you get that? Do you actually get that? And she goes, right. yes. I go, is there food in your refrigerator? Yes. It, Clean water? Do you have Something as water? basic as that. Right. Like, do you have a nice bed to sleep on? Are the lights in your house working? She goes, yeah, you are better off than 98% of the people on this planet. Yeah. And you're upset with your father because you can't have a sleepover? I said, show me your phone. And she shows me her phone. I said, do you see that little video thing right there on Facebook? If you really want to sleep with your friends that bad, tell you what. <laughs> call up on that video. Have a big old video chat. Have an internet sleepover party. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And she goes, I never thought about it like that. And I go, but most people don't. We're so right. with, I need it and I want it and I got to have it yes. right now. That sometimes exactly. we don't look at how blessed we truly are uh, in this country. You know, we really yeah. don't. Right. So that's what I do. I, I'm honest with my, with my students. I really like, that. Oh, shut up. Your life is great. Yeah, I love it. Well, and it's so <laughs> true because I actually, that's one of my pain points. Like from yeah. my perspective, what I've witnessed in dance, yeah. I remember going to a competition once and the dancer's music got messed up, mm-hmm. which nobody would have known from the audience, right? Right. Nobody would have known. It was the exact same song, just a slightly different tempo. Mm-hmm. She comes out of the stage and she's freaking out she's like crying loudly almost (laughs) yelling at her mother and like these are her parents literally moved from south carolina to new york to support her dreams like how in the world is anyone saying this is okay right now yes this should not be happening this should not be happening. and the teacher the coach that went with her 
actually didn't call her out on it, which to me was mind blowing. Cause I'm just right. like, your mother has paid for privates out the wazoo. She's mm. paid for this competition. She's come here with you. Yeah. Like she's supported you in every step of this dream that you've developed. How on earth mm. is nobody calling her out on this behavior? And I just hope for any parent that is listening, that you know, that it's okay to call your child out. <laughs> like, please, please. Yes. I, listen, I got a three and a two year old. I call them jerks religiously. <laughs> My kids will know. <laughs> I love you. I yes. made you. You are a jerk. Yes. Yes. <laughs> that it's it's that way of making sure that they understand that, you know, the world doesn't revolve around them. And that's a good thing. Yeah. Why would we want the world to revolve around us as individuals? Right, right. It's so much bigger sure. than that. Especially if you're going to be in these uh in this field. Um, I tell yes. people all the time I've I have been at auditions as a as a performer, but mm-hmm. I've also been there as a judge. And let me tell you something. When you go to your first real audition, they don't care about your feelings. You right. know, I, I've been yeah. at auditions where I was told I was too black. Uh, I'm too broad. Uh, I'm not fat right. enough. I'm too skinny. Yeah. Like yeah. it runs the gamut, you know, um, you know, they, they don't care. You need no. to develop that thick skin now. You need exactly. to develop those calluses on your mind that when that happens, you don't just break down and go, I guess it's not my dream. No. Exactly. It, you know, that that's just part of life, you know? It so. is. And that we should have a whole other podcast someday talking about that because <laughs> that would be a great conversation to have, like for the kids to know, you know, it's not, it's actually not really personal. It really, it, it, none of it is personal. And another person's opinion has nothing to do with them as a person, truly, like oh. when it comes down to it. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> it's no reason to get worked up. Okay. So are there any common misconceptions about fitness and training in the dance world that you would like to address? Uh, common misconceptions. Eating. Eating is, is definitely one. I've definitely met my fair share of dancers and acrobats who do the whole, I'm just not going to eat. Right. Oh, <laughs> yeah. whoa. <laughs> why, why are you not eating? Oh, right. I'm too heavy. The girl, food is fuel. Like, mm-hmm. if you don't put gas in your car, do you expect it to run? You know what I'm exactly. saying? Exactly. So yep. that's a weird, and that's one that you would think would happen more in like the gym world, but that mm-hmm. actually happens more in the dance world. From what I've seen, is yeah. this weird thing with this weird relationship with food. There's a, a terrible. So if anybody who's listening out there. Oh my God, like stop mm-hmm. that eat. Like, like eat. Yeah. Like just eat better. Eat yeah. Well, you know. Parents need to really watch out for that with their kids. I remember going to auditions in North Carolina and seeing on like the bathroom walls, they'd have things that would say things like bones are beautiful. And yeah, it's look- crazy. It's crazy. Cause I mean, it's really not. It means that you're probably gonna die if you're exactly. seeing bones. <laughs> like that's not beautiful. Nobody right. wants you to die. Please don't do that. Right. <laughs> And I mean, just the fact that you really do limit yourself and your potential with that. Yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, me and my wife, we when we uh, when I when we first met, you know, I was you know I was an acrobat. I was at my my weight, and every now and again, I kind of look at her and I'm like, you know, babe, do do you ever want me to you know kind of slim down back to where I was? And she goes, Oh God, no! Like, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, but but I look good back then. She was like, You were a boy toy who flipped around. And wore leather jacket. <laughs> you know, she was like, that's who you are. Now you're my husband, the father of my father children. Of our children. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you don't need to look like that anymore. I love but, it. That's hilarious. Yeah. 
<laughs> so cute. Okay, so this one I think will be really important since we've kind of, you know, called out the teachers that probably are not quite ready to teach. Yeah, stop that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what advice would you give to dance teachers and studio owners about implementing effective health and fitness programs in their own curriculums? Because I do want to say we did call out these teachers. Doesn't mean you can't teach, just like you said. Doesn't mean there's anything wrong with them teaching. Yeah. They just Figure need to teach what they're qualified is. to teach. Yes. And if they want to teach other things, then they should become more qualified, which they absolutely yeah. can do. So how, let's help them right now. <laughs> Talk to them about implementing effective health and fitness programs into their curriculum. Like, what do you guys do? You already mentioned that you have a couple of things that you do like every right. Saturday, right? right, right. Um, is there anything else that you would do? Like, do you have any kind of... Um, actual official or formal conversations with them revolved around health and fitness or do you just kind uh, of like put it in there yeah so that's there? what we do we put it within like our muscle magic programs and things okay. like that um okay and we also as a studio we believe that uh you know you 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 dress for the job you want kind of thing so yes. i couldn't very well go in this and you know in this muscle magic thing and i'm i got a belly or you right, know right. It, so a big part of the reason why I stay working out is because I am a coach. So yeah. to me, this is what a coach is supposed to look like. A coach right. is supposed to be fit. A coach is supposed to have a presence about him. A coach is mm -hmm. supposed to have the broad shoulders and all that. Yeah. So that's kind of what we do. You know what I'm saying? Like if you, mm -hmm. I, I listen, I don't understand how you call yourself a dance teacher and you can't fit through a regulation size door. Yeah. I don't know how you <laughs> <laughs> You know, so that that's yes. what I would say, you know, dress for the job that you want, you know? Yeah, you, exactly. You model for the children what you want them to give right. to you. That right. is a huge part of all of life and education. Yeah, you have to sure. show them what it is that you're expecting of them. Yeah. And if you can't do that, I mean, there's definitely like some things that maybe your dancers will be better dancers than you ever were. That's right. totally fine. And that's a totally different conversation. But I agree with you yeah. that. Yeah, if you can't just at the very minimum maintain the physique that you're expecting your students to, that is a problem. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, would you, so to do that, do you have them like sign a contract? How do you enforce them coming every Saturday? And then what are the consequences if they stop showing up? Uh, so with us, you have to have like a doctor's note or something like that. And if you miss out a certain amount of time, you could actually be expelled from team. So okay. they have a okay. kind of a contract that we sign with the parents and, and everybody understands like, you know, in order to, this team has standards. And if you right. can't maintain those standards, well, why are you here? But one yeah. of the things that I do personally is I make sure that, I make sure that the kids have a common enemy, me. Right. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> what I have found is that when you can get people to hate on a singular goal together, yes, then they tend to coalesce more. Yes. And so right. the they hate me. Yeah. But then you <laughs> see them on stage and they're dancing yeah. And they're running together. And yeah. They're tighter. And therefore, yeah. and, and it's even at the point now where even this morning, they were running, right? Not, nothing big, a mile and a half. And mm -hmm. um, one of the kids was far back behind. And literally one of the kids who was always at the front ran back stopped and was like catch up and when the kid got up she was like listen i get that you're tired but we don't stop on this team if yeah, you want to wow. be on this team you must keep going 
do you yeah. want to be on this team? And she was like, I do. Keep running. <laughs> do not have a choice. And like, like stayed it. with her for the like the last half a mile, like the whole time. Yeah. Every time she slow down, she'd get a shove in her back. You know what I'm saying? Because yes. there are standards. And when you get yeah. your whole team working together on a similar standard, eventually, mm-hmm. eventually, people are going to start uh, maintaining it. Yeah, that's what we talked about that in the teacher training. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We were talking about that today in the teacher training. I was basically telling him you have to set that expectation because if you don't, it will haunt you for years to come. Yeah. You know, you have other families coming in that are like, well, this person got to do this. So I don't mm-hmm. know why our dancers being singled out, or they're being picked on mm-hmm. when they don't realize that a lot of time, whenever we are harder on them, it's actually a good thing. <laughs> exactly right. When I, when I stop yelling, that's a bad thing. Yes. So I would love it if you would possibly share a couple of success stories or personal experiences highlighting the impact of effective training and health management in a dancer's journey. Like if you have a, maybe a case study, you know, something that mm. you think. Yeah. I mean, I have a perfect one right now. I right, have a perfect one. Um, we have a dancer. Mm-hmm. She was a heavier dancer, definitely for sure. And uh, for about two years, for about two years, she wasn't, you know, she wasn't a good dancer. She wasn't a good athlete. Uh, She didn't do well um, when she would go to competitions, you know? And Mm -hmm. this year, this kid has really taken off. I mean, she's consistently in the front of the lines now. She's consistently, you know, winning top scores at competition. She's consistently put in dances which were only reserved for our better dancers. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a consistent thing now. And you ask her, well, what's going on? And she's like, it's finally starting to click. If I want this, I must eat better. Yeah. I must train every day. I must drink my water. Wow. I must, you know, watch my dance videos. You know what I'm saying? And so yeah. really just that alone, like she's like, look, I got tired of being in the back of the line. Oh, I got gosh, tired awesome. of not being picked. I got tired yeah. of waiting to hear my name and it's attached to high silver. I got tired of it. And so she's doing the work now and it's showing off in a big way, in a very big way that for her. Awesome. I couldn't be proud of her as a dancer. Honestly. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's always so exciting to see an experience. I yeah. love it. Yeah. So uh, lastly, yeah. what would be a key piece of advice for our listeners? I have the strong feeling it might go back to this grind, but <laughs> But a key piece of advice for our listeners who are mostly dance parents, dancers, and educators for incorporating all the stuff that we've been talking about into their children's routines. Uh, A key piece of advice, uh, parents, 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 parents. Uh, It is not a sprint. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. Okay. Mm -hmm. You're, you know, uh, a parent came at me a few weeks ago. Her kid had a private with me and the parent went, um, you know, do you see her as a, uh, what do you see her as? Do you see her as somebody who's going to be in the circus one day? Do you see her as somebody who's going to be in the Olympics one day? And I looked at the parent and I went, ma'am, I see a six-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, 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 it's not like, no, I'm not focused on that. I'm focused on taking it one day at a time. Maybe exactly. we can get there, but let's focus on her having fun and learning yeah. the foundations of what she's right. doing. Parents, it is not a sprint. It's a marathon yes. for dancers. Keep grinding. It's going to get hard. It's going to get hairy. It's going to get not nice. Not everybody, uh, not everybody is, is just because somebody smiles in your face. 
that doesn't necessarily make them your 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 friend. Yeah. Right? Um, I tell my dancers and my acrobats a wonderful story um, about you know a little baby bird. You know, it flies out the nest. It uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know it, it flies. It swings. You know, too too light to support it. It falls to the ground. All of a sudden, a snowstorm comes. Snowstorm comes. The bird is buried. It cheeps. Help! Help me! Somebody mm -hmm. help me! A big old cow comes by, sees the bird crying, and it goes, "I'll help you." And it turns around and blop, a big old pile of poop goes on its the big bird. <laughs> well, now the big bird is gone, but the poop is smelly. The poop is oily. It's gross. Right. So the big bird keeps crying, "Help me! Help me! Help me!" Even though he's warm, even though he's safe from the snow, he's upset. Well, a fox comes by and he's like, "Mr. Fox, help me! Help me! Help me!" It's oily and it's greasy and it's nasty and it's smelly. And the fox goes, okay, I'll help you. And it takes them out, scuffles them around the snow, throws them up, I'll eat them. Mm. Moral of the story, uh, just because somebody poops on you, that don't make them your enemy. And just because someone mm. rescues you from the poop, that don't necessarily make them your friend. Interesting. I uh, love uh, it. Yeah. So dancers, <laughs> take that. And for studio, yeah. uh, for studio owners, I guess the only thing I can say for studio owners is uh, know your lane and stay in it. Know your mm -hmm. lane of state. If you're a recreation, that's fine. Stay recreation. If you're competitive, know your lane. Stay right. your lane. You know, we yes. are a competitive studio. I, you know, yes, we do have rec classes, of course, but right. we're competitive. You know what I'm saying? And that's, yeah. that's where we're going to stay. Right. Yes. I love it. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah. And lastly, if anyone is interested in booking your services, whether they're, you know, in Europe or right next door to you? How would they yeah, do that? You. <laughs> uh, you can contact me a, a, a multitude of ways. Uh, you can always visit our website at SomervilleDanceAcademy.com. You can look me up on Facebook, Andrew Burnell. Um, it's going to be me, my wife, and my kids. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, you can even find me on Instagram, The Real Andrew Stevens. So, yeah, any way that you want to find me, if you want to book a private for acrobatics, if you want to get health and fitness advice. If you just want to, you know, have a, a conversation with a pretty great guy, I think you can. I you think can so too. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. This has been wonderful. And you have shared so much amazing wisdom and insight. I really appreciate it. And I'm sure our listeners will too. Yeah, for sure. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Have a great night. You too. Be well. Bye. Thanks. Thank you everyone for joining me here at Ballet Class Revolution. I always love having you. If you listen today as a parent and are wondering what you can do to vet your studio, I have created a free list of questions that you can use to learn more about the studio that you are considering. I will post that in the show notes as well as the information to contact Andrew if you need some help with your dancer or even as a teacher or a parent. I really appreciate you all so much and hope you have loved this episode and getting to learn how Andrew approaches the world of teaching and coaching. If you would like more episodes like this, let me know at hello at heathercahoon.com. And that's the final step in today's dance. Remember, every step you take in dance moves you forward in life. Keep dancing, keep dreaming. Until next time.